lesson is from the Old Testament, Deuteronomy, chapter 8, 7 to 18. The Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with flowing streams and underground waters welling up in valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land where you may eat bread without scarcity, and you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron, and from whose hills whose hills you may mine copper. You shall eat your fill and bless the Lord your God for the good land that he has given you, to take care that you do not forget the Lord your God by failing to keep his commandments, his ordinances, and his statutes, which I am commanding you today. When you have eaten your fill and have built fine houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks have multiplied, and your silver and gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, then do not exalt yourself, forgetting the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through great and terrible wilderness, an arid wasteland with poisonous snakes and scorpions. He made water flow for you from Flint Rock and fed you in the wilderness with manna that your ancestors did not know, to humble you and to test you, and in the end, to do you good. Do not say to yourself, My power and the might of my own hand have gotten me this wealth. But remember, the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, so he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your ancestors as he is doing today. If you all please rise if you're able. The reading of our gospel comes from Luke 17, verses 11 and 19. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him, keeping their distance. They called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean, but the other nine? Where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of God for the people of God. Please be seated. For our children's message today, I, I want to talk a little bit about a gratitude list. We're going to talk a little bit uh, in the message today about the math of gratitude, but I was hoping that those uh, who are worshiping with us online and, and you all here could help me add to my gratitude list. So I'm wondering what you would add. If you were making a gratitude list with me, what would you add to your gratitude list? Now, 
I admit, this is going to require your participation. So you might have to say something. What would you list on your gratitude list today? What would you list? Your family. Absolutely. Yeah, me too. What else? Pets. Any specific kind? Okay, I thought it might be. <laughs> yeah, pets for sure. Yeah, what else? Your wife. Life. I heard life, I heard life and wife. Okay. Good slip. It was mine, but we'll take it. <laughs> okay. Family. Yeah. Friends. I think I heard both. Yeah. What else? Wow. A job you love. Frederick Buechner says that that's vocation. If, if your greatest love and the world's greatest need meet, that's vocation. So a job you love. Yeah, absolutely. It's a great gratitude list we're making. Can we, can we come up with two more things to add to it, you think? Good health. Thanks be to God for good health. And a warm home. Yeah. We're going to talk... A little bit, and I, I did this morning with our kids um, and and those who are worshiping with us online about how adding, we do a little bit of this in school, adding is only the beginning of our math. <laughs> we have some other things we do in math as well. But adding to our gratitude list ends up multiplying our joy. Adding is only the first part but we have to start there. And you all made an incredible gratitude list. How about if we pray together? You all will help me with the echo here. And, and you all there on worshiping with us online as well. And ask God to open our hearts to see with gratitude eyes. Let's pray together. Dear God. We give you thanks for the ways you have blessed us. Help us to add to our gratitude lists. Not just during the season of Thanksgiving, but throughout the year. Amen. Thanks for helping me. By the time I reached fourth grade, I already knew what I'm sure many of you know, which is the four primary functions of math, addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division. Uh, Mrs. Webster, my kindergarten teacher, started us off with addition and pretzel sticks and graham crackers. It was a tasty way for us to learn to add. And Mrs. Caggiano, that was my first grade teacher, taught us subtraction with those cubes that you use. Not quite as tasty, but I learned how to subtract that way. In third grade, Mrs. Laird 
had us stand around the classroom in around the world. You stood up and learned your multiplication facts and sat down when you didn't know what nine times three was or whatever it might have been. And by the time you got to fourth grade, Mrs. Webster made division real with a pie. Good to talk about at Thanksgiving. Dividing it into parts and ended up the year with long division. But, I don't need to tell you this, math was not complete in fourth grade. There was algebra and geometry. There was calculus. But cooking and statistics, math showed up in lots of places. Math even shows up in our gratitude. What's the cost of a thank you? And where's the return on a thank you? Do you remember your parents saying to you, did you thank Mr. and Mrs. so-and-so, you know, for that gift you're not really sure if you really wanted to thank them for? Did your parents make you thank people? Occasionally parents will do that kind of thing. On the strength of our scripture lessons, this morning I present the math of gratitude. So Jesus, we heard him, was traveling between Samaria and Galilee into this area of lepers, self-quarantined lepers who are contagious enough not to be living with their families. And Jesus heals them without ever laying hands on them. Because they've asked for his compassion. Now, the law is that in order to return home, they have to be certified by the priest. So you have to imagine they rush right to the priest. They want to get home. They've missed birthdays. They've missed Christmases. They've missed Sunday dinners. They've missed being near to their families. They want to get a hug and all. They're ready to get home as soon as possible. Let's get home. You can almost hear them thinking this. But there's that one, (laughs) that Samaritan, who turns back to Jesus and throws himself at Jesus' feet. It's not that cursory thank you that your parents made you say when you got a box of socks for Christmas when you were really hoping it was going to be a noisy toys. It's not through clenched lips. It is an honest-to-goodness, abundant thank you. Jesus is teaching us something here. So first, add to your gratitude list. This month I shared in the Courier and Daily on Facebook gratitude prompts. Some of you have seen these and you've responded. If you'd like to be seeing some of these things on Facebook and aren't sure how to, feel free to reach out to the office or myself and we'd be happy to help you do that. We've got an Advent devotional series coming up and you want to make sure that you get a chance to see that. I've been 
adding to my own gratitude list each day of November for a number of years now. And I have a couple of learnings. The first is, this takes time. About five to ten minutes a day. And that time adds up. When you're not sure about your time in the day, you've got household chores, and you've got work tasks to do, it would be really easy to let go of the gratitude list thing. However, adding every day and being able to look back on it, that's a gift to yourself. <coughs> Excuse me. And to that point, the second thing is, recording your gratitude reminds you of where God has been faithful before. Now, I understand why the nine lepers rushed to the priest to get certified to get home. They didn't want to take the extra time to give that thanks and praise to Jesus. But I think that Samaritan got a fuller understanding, a closer relationship, a deeper healing. Gratitude opens us up to that. If you're curious about what I mean, take a look on this Facebook page and, and look at some of the things people have been grateful for. You'll see a bit of what I mean. Second thing, subtract, we did adding, subtract your grievances. Researchers tell us that the average person complains about 30 times a day. Did you know that? Some of us complain none. Some of us don't complain at all. But the average person complains about 30 times a day. So the difference between someone who complains not at all and 30 times a day, on the outside, their lives look exactly the same. They do not have better listening children. Their leaves do not fall differently from their trees. Their bank accounts are not fuller. But they do rate themselves as happier. Their relationships do seem to be closer. And they do live longer. But what's wrong with complaining anyway? After all, it is in the Bible, true story, the Israelites could have won gold medals in the triathlon of grumbling, complaining, and grievances. Research shows that when we listen to complaints of any kind, whether they are our complaints, or someone else's. Think about that for a minute. <laughs> Whether there are complaints or someone else's, we feel demoralized. Listening to complaints gets us on negative thinking. Do we need to fight it? Do we need to avoid it? And others, whether it's our children or our spouses or our friends, it doesn't motivate them in the way we hope it will. We hope that it'll get somebody to change. It reinforces negative feelings. Now, let me be clear. I'm not saying that stating your needs is complaining. Complaining is blaming others without taking responsibility for change. 
complaining often becomes a bad habit. So habits can be replaced by noticing what you're doing. Taking a breath instead of airing a grievance. Giving up gratification of why you're right and committing to being a positive force. Remembering that people believe what you say about them and try to live up to what you have said about them. So let me tell you something we've experimented with in our house. I'll let you know how the experiment is going in a while. We've tried to live complaint-free. God bless it. Challenge yourself to live complaint-free. If a week is too long, start with a day. It's harder than you think. We've put out a jar so that every time you complain, you change your complaint into a gratitude. For example, when you hear someone say, not pasta again, you say instead, I'm grateful that we are having a healthy dinner and there's someone to make it. That could be hard. Maybe it's not said in your house. Or perhaps you might say, you won't believe what my boss did. Instead, I'm grateful I have a job and income to take care of my family. Offer your coins as a gratitude offering to God. I'll let you know how it goes as we go on. Number three, we did addition and subtraction. How about divide? Divide the burden. I want to tell you a story about a man named Chris Nickick. It's not a household name quite yet. However, this week, Chris completed the Iron Man. And if you've not trained for the Iron Man yet, anybody done the Iron Man? Just checking. Curious. Here, here's what you need to do. 2.4 miles in an open water swim, 112 mile bike ride, and then a marathon. 26.2 mile run. And do all of that together in 17 hours. I'm tired just saying all of that. Chris is 21 years old and the first competitor to do it successfully with Down syndrome. To understand his motivation, you want to know this. He overcame heart surgery at the age of five months. He walked at the age of four. He swallowed food for the first time at the age of six. His parents persisted in finding him a supportive system of schools and educators after moving around multiple times. Special Olympics were his jam. He learned to ride a bike at the age of 15. And 13 months ago, he got a coach for training in the Ironman. Maybe in 13 months, one of us could be talking about the Iron Man. On the Iron Man himself, he overcame falls. He stepped into a hill of red ants. And at mile marker number 10, 
of the marathon, his stamina started to waver, understandably. And his dad watched his energy level dip. His dad whispered in his ear and said, are you going to let the pain win? Or are you going to let your dreams win? He knew that this wasn't about finishing an Iron Man at this point. But showing himself he could achieve a dream into the future. His own home. Independence. Spouse. He told his dad that his dreams were going to win. And he crossed the finish line, arms high in celebration, with time to spare. 16 hours, 46 minutes, and 9 seconds. Gratitude divides the burden. He gives thanks to mom and dad and coach, friends and family, all of those who buoyed him up. You see, you and I find the same thing. When we divide the burden, our spirits are lifted up and lead us towards fulfilling the dream that God has given to us. We multiply our joy. When I was learning multiplication, like you, we had to start with addition. We knew that two plus two was four. We learned that already. And they then taught us to add another two so that we knew that two plus two plus two became six. And I no longer had to do that after a while. I could do two times three to be six. Gratitude multiplies our joy in the same way. Joy is not just grown-up happiness. Joy comes from God and often surprises us. It's in places we don't expect. We can cultivate it, but we cannot contain it. Joy comes often and especially during times of challenge and in times of suffering. I was thinking about that particularly this week as I listened to Christy Watson, a nurse, a writer, and a hero in the mental health field. Did you know that nurses used to be called soul friends? S-O-U-L, soul friends? She reflected on her call to return to nursing from administration in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. She ran back to the nursing field, to the horrifically holy place of holding an iPhone while loved ones blessed their dying ones in the ICU, while nurses kept vigil. That tender place that's a deep connection that returns to the 13th century language for a soul friend carrying on the front line for our beloved. That feels like the right language to me. So Watson tells a story from when her dad was dying and there was a nurse by the name of Cheryl who cared for her dad with incredible compassion. 
and listening. Yes, this nurse had advanced degrees, and yes, this nurse did exactly what the nurse ought to do, working out doses and did her job. But she anticipated her dad's pain and gave the medication at just the right moment. He, the nurse also opened the curtains so that her dad could bear the light at the right moment. Now, the nurse knew her dad's pain not just because of the 1 to 10 pain chart that you and I have come to know pretty well when we've encountered medical professionals, but because she listened really well. She began to piece his life together to learn that when he said, I'm fine, he didn't necessarily mean, I'm fine. And it made all the difference to him and to her family. Cheryl witnessed his life as a soul friend and then translated it into practical ways. You see, joy is multiplied in unexpected places when we turn to offer gratitude. Even when we're sure that we must rush on, just like those nine lepers, that duty calls us. So friends, on this Thanksgiving week, I invite you to add, add to your gratitude list, subtract your grievances and your complaints, I'm sure you didn't need them anyway. Divide the burden. There are those who want to share it with you. And multiply your joy, giving God the glory for the great things in the midst of suffering and challenge that God has done. This is the good news of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen.